This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Good morning. Tragedy in Texas. Overnight, the death toll climbing even higher in the nation's worst school shooting in a decade. At least 19 children and two teachers inside an elementary school gunned down in their classroom. Complete disregard for human life. Just an evil person started shooting. An anguished and angry President Biden addressing the nation. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done. A Democratic senator touched by gun violence imploring fellow lawmakers to act now. But I'm here on this floor to beg, to literally get down on my hands and knees and beg my colleagues. Find a path forward here. As Americans from coast to coast and from all walks of life voice their outrage. When are we going to do something? Complete coverage on the heartache. We're a small community, and we will need your prayers to get us through this. What we are learning about the gunmen, the victims, and the desperate hope that this time will finally bring about real change in America. Today, Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. From NBC News, this is a special edition of Today, Texas School Shooting, with Savannah Guthrie, live from Uvalde, Texas, and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to a split edition of today at 7 a.m. on the West Coast, Wednesday morning. Hoda and Craig are in Studio 1A, and I've come to Uvalde, Texas, outside of Robb Elementary School this morning, now the scene of the nation's second deadliest school shooting on record. And for this moment, Hoda and Craig, it feels like the saddest place on earth. Has to be. Yeah, and I think, as we were saying, a lot of parents looked at their kids last night after seeing this and thought to themselves, like, oh, my gosh, I get to tuck my child in today. You cannot imagine what those parents are going through. We all hugged our kids just a little bit yeah. tighter last night. Yeah, little hands getting a little tighter squeezed this morning. There's no question every single person can relate. We have complete coverage for you this morning. We're going to tell you more about the victims, about the investigation, and the very vocal calls for change this morning sparked by yet another unthinkable attack. We're going to begin with NBC senior national correspondent Tom Yamas. He is joining us here in Uvalde this morning. Tom, good morning to you. Savannah, good morning to you. This is not the first time something like this has happened here in America, but it's still so hard to understand how something so evil could happen in a place where second, third, and fourth graders spend some of their best days. And I want to point something out here, Savannah. Behind me, you can see that sign. I think you can make it out. It says, welcome to the school here, but it also says, bienvenido. This is a Hispanic community. So many of these families left behind so much in their native countries. They came here for a better life. And when you speak to them this morning, they'll tell you they've lost everything. Stand by. You know how to get closer. We got shots fired. 
The first emergency calls coming Tuesday morning, and they were horrific. An active shooter at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, just west of San Antonio. The gunman made entry into the school and complete disregard for human life. Just an evil person started shooting kids. Anybody that was in his way, teachers, had no regard for human life. Authorities say 21 people killed, including 19 young students, little boys and girls, along with two of their teachers. More than a dozen others transported to nearby hospitals. Police say the gunman, 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, unleashed his attack wearing some type of tactical vest and carrying a long gun. The first responding officers, including Border Patrol agents, were unable to stop him. Officials say they put themselves between the kids and the shooter to draw his fire away from them. Two of the officers struck and injured by the gunman's bullets. When SWAT teams arrived at the school, a second firefight ensued. The suspect ultimately killed. At this point, the investigation is leading uh, to tell us that the, the suspect uh, did act alone uh, during this heinous crime. Authorities say shortly before the attack, Ramos shot his grandmother at her home. She's now in critical condition. He then traveled to Robb Elementary, wrecking his truck in a nearby ditch. Minutes later, authorities say Ramos entered the school, unleashing his rampage on helpless victims. Law enforcement came in. I, they locked down the school really quickly, and uh, and they started evacuating children out through the breaking windows and pulling children out. Bobby Studer's wife, Terry, is a math teacher, just days away from retiring, and was inside when the deadly shots rang out. I had just taken her some flowers, and uh, the minute I got my pickup, I heard a couple of shots. Terry escaped uninjured. But her colleague, Eva Morales, a fourth grade teacher and educator for 17 years, was killed. The school's campus now a massive crime scene as investigators try to piece together what's now the deadliest school shooting in Texas history. My heart was broken today. We're a small community and we will need your prayers to get us through this. Texas Governor Greg Abbott calling the tragedy a senseless crime. In just two days, he was scheduled to join Senator Ted Cruz and former President Donald Trump at the National Rifle Association's annual conference in Houston. Overnight, President Biden expressing his frustration with the NRA. When in God's name we do what we all know in our gut needs to be done. This morning, families and a community dealing with the unthinkable. Their children and loved ones are gone. And this may be the most painful image. Instead of school buses driving away, a fleet of hearses. Another school day in America, ending in tragedy. And as we mentioned, a lot of people in this community are still injured, so they are asking for blood donations. And, you know, so many across the country are praying for this community, but also so many across the country are upset with that phrase. They, they, they want the prayers, but they want this to stop. And Savannah, you know, you, you don't have to be a parent to feel the magnitude of this moment, but I am thinking about those parents because you know the ages of these kids. We have little ones, eight, nine, 10, 11. It's that sweet spot of youth, you know, where it's like they just radiate joy and and now those parents have been robbed of that. And, and I don't think there's any takeaway from this. It's just it's just awful. It's senseless. And you do think about your own second grader at home. And you think uh, if you 
had your kid come home and throw her backpack on the couch and say, Mom, where's the snacks? You were one of the lucky ones. Right. There's so many young people in the final days before school who would have been coming here with a skip in their step, excited about the summer, doing those last minute plays and presentations, and it's just, it's unthinkable. It's it truly unthinkable. So we'll continue to cover it, and there's so many stories to tell here, unfortunately. 19 children, two teachers, and we're learning more about those victims, family members talking about them, paying tribute to them. Morgan Chesky is on that part of the story. Morgan, good morning. Yes, Savannah, good morning. We're just outside the Civic Center turned reunification site that yesterday was the scene of an absolutely agonizing waiting game. Parents were giving DNA samples to authorities so they could be positively matched with those victims, second, third, fourth graders. And today we are learning more about some of those who lost their lives inside that elementary school when that gunman opened fire. Overnight, unimaginable grief in Uvalde, Texas. Parents of some of the young victims still being notified more than 12 hours after a gunman went on a killing spree at Robb Elementary School. 19 children, second, third, and fourth graders murdered alongside two teachers inside a place that was supposed to be a safe haven. The fear visible as families rush to the school, desperately searching for any updates about their loved ones. It's been several hours. I know it's a devastation over here but we need lots of prayers. Many parents then ushered here to a reunification center, a place of relief for some, able to hug their kids and bring them home, but a site of anguish for so many others. You walk inside that center and you see their faces and they don't know, what do you tell them? There's absolutely nothing you can say that would assuage that type of grief. It's their children, they're babies. They're nine years old or 10 years old. Among the confirmed fatalities, fourth grader Uzziah Garcia, Third grader Annabel Guadalupe Rodriguez, killed in the same classroom as her cousin, 10-year-old Xavier Lopez, a fourth grader at Rob, and a Mary Jo Garza, also in fourth grade. This is the last known photo of her, taken the morning of the shooting. Garza proudly showing off an honor roll certificate. Both of Amari's teachers, also victims, Eva Morales and Irma Garcia. Friends and co-teachers for the past five years. Morellas was one of the veterans on staff, a teacher for the last 17 years. An aunt telling the New York Times, outside of the classroom, Morellas enjoyed hiking and was the fun of the party. Garcia's son telling NBC News she was a hero, citing law enforcement who told him she was seen shielding kids from the attacker. The beloved educator being remembered by friends for her constant kindness. What are you remembering about Irma? Just a beautiful soul, uh, someone who loved children, uh, someone you respected because she was just a good human being. Now, just two days before the end of the school year, a devastated community changed forever. And grief counselors will be on site here at the Civic Center all day long to comfort those in the community. We do know that teachers from Robb Elementary School have already been arriving here today. It's no doubt just an incredibly painful moment as they start to begin uh, this unimaginable healing process from the unthinkable tragedy that took place in this tight-knit town of only about 15,000 people. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, meanwhile, expected to visit Uvalde along with Texas Senators Ted Cruz and John Cornyn. They're expected to speak within the next hour or so. Hoda.
Morgan, thank you. And earlier this morning, we spoke with Lieutenant Chris Olivares. He's the spokesperson for the Texas Department of Public Safety. And we started by asking him to take us inside the investigation and what authorities have learned so far. Right. So good morning. Of course, I just we, we want to offer our condolences to the family on behalf of the Texas Department of Public Safety as we continue to mourn uh, with the victims, with the families and the entire community here in Uvalde. Also praising the brave uh, law enforcement, our first responders that arrived on scene during this active shooter situation. So what we do know is that the shooter was involved in a uh, domestic disturbance with his grandmother prior to the shooting at the school. He did shoot his grandmother at that point. He then fled in a vehicle and was in close proximity near the school where we got calls. Local law enforcement at the Uvalde Police Department received a call of a crashed vehicle and a individual armed with a weapon uh, making his way into the school. At that point, we had local law enforcement, uh, school officers, as well as state troopers uh, who were first on scene and were able to hear the actual gunshots inside the classroom. Classroom. They tried to make entry into the building. They were met with gunfire by the suspect, by the shooter. Some of those officers were shot. So at that point, they began breaking windows around the school, trying to evacuate children, teachers, anybody they could, uh, trying to get them out of that building, out of that school. What we do know at that point, the shooter was able to make entry into a classroom, barricaded himself inside that classroom, and again, just began shooting uh, numerous children and teachers that were in that classroom, having no regard for human life just a complete evil person uh, by not having any regard for children. Uh, anyone that's inside that classroom just began shooting anyone that was in his way. At that point, we had a tactical law enforcement mm -hmm. team arrive uh, made up of multiple federal officers, local officers, as well as state troopers that were able to make forcible entry into that classroom. They were met with gunfire as well, but they were able to shoot and kill that suspect. And right now, at this point, we have 19 children that are deceased and two teachers as well. He barricaded himself in that room with those students and those teachers. He had a weapon. He was, uh, he was armed, and I guess he would have been able to reload. What sort of a weapon was he using to be able to kill uh, that many people in a short period of time? Right, so what we do know right now that it was a long rifle platform uh, type rifle. We are working with ATF to try to determine exactly what type of rifle, the capacity, how he was able to uh, obtain this rifle when it was purchased, and also working with FBI to uh, find out there was any type of indicators, any uh, uh, red flags uh, prior to the shooting, you know, checking social media platforms as well, talking to anybody that may have known this individual. What we do know about the shooter is that he is a resident here in Uvalde lived with his grandparents, uh, was unemployed, did attend one of the high schools here uh, in the community as well. Uh, we do not know if he had any friends, no girlfriends, but as of right now, um, it's just a complete tragedy here in Uvalde, in a small, tight-knitted community right now. You say he shot his grandmother, hopped in a car, the car wrecked by the school, do you, and he was decked out in body armor and armed. Do you believe that he his intended target was the school, or did it just so happen that he crashed his car and was looking for some place to run into and ran into the school? 
Right, so that's a good point. That's one thing that we are trying to determine and have accurate information on. Uh, we want to be able to report accurate information. So again, we're working with FBI, uh, ATF, our local law enforcement officials here on scene, as well as with school police officers. Right now, our Texas Rangers are the lead investigators in this mass shooting. Uh, but does goes to show you the intent uh, by having that type of weapon, also multiple, uh, you know, ammunition mm -hmm. with him as well, and making entry into that school and wearing some type of body armor. What we do know for a fact, though, is that it was a tactical vest. Uh, unsure right now if there was any type of ballistic material or any type of ballistic panels inside that carrier. But again, shows the intent of this evil person going into this school and having complete disregard for human life. Do you have any idea how long he was in there and shooting before uh, police arrived? Right, so we're still working on that timeline right now, but what I can tell you when I when I first mentioned that we did have multiple officers on scene that responded uh, within a moment's notice and without hesitation uh, tried to make entry into that school, but at that point they were at a point of disadvantage uh, because the suspect, the shooter, had barricaded himself inside that classroom. So it was in within a moment's notice that they were able to respond mm -hmm. on scene and try to evacuate the majority of children, teachers inside that school to prevent any further loss of life. Lieutenant uh, Alvarez, you're a you're a, you're a Lieutenant, obviously, but you're also a dad. Just wondered how um, how you made sense of this when you went home last night, if you did. You know, it's just, you know, it's hard. You know, I've been asked that same question, and it's hard to put into words. You know, I actually attended my daughter's uh, awards assembly yesterday prior to getting the news and coming over here to Uvalde. So um, just, you know, it's just complete tragedy, and it's really hard to put into words and uh, unimaginable of what could actually take place, especially having children of your own uh, in schools and not knowing what could take place, especially in a small community such as Uvalde. But this can happen anywhere. Um, so it's very concerning to us as law enforcement, even as a parent as well. I know. All right, Lieutenant Thank you so much. Our hearts and prayers are going out to your tiny community. We appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, reaction to the shooting has been widespread. It has been swift and it has been emotional. President Biden was flying home from Asia when the shooting happened in Texas. The president addressed the nation shortly after returning to the White House. The president offered prayers for the victims, also ordered flags to fly at half-staff. In fact, here's a live look right now at one of those flags atop the White House. President Biden also urged lawmakers to act now to try and prevent the next tragedy. NBC's chief White House correspondent Kristen Welker has more on that part of the story. Kristen, good morning to you. Hi, Craig. Good morning to you. President Biden is assuming the role of consoler-in-chief yet again, and the president spoke out overnight making an impassioned plea, calling on leaders to get a backbone and take action to address gun violence. With emotion on his face. I had hoped when I became president I would not have to do this again. And anger in his voice. President Biden denouncing the horrific Texas elementary school shooting. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. Urging Americans to channel their grief into demanding change. It's a time to turn this pain into action. It's time to act. The White House says the president was briefed on the massacre while returning from Asia aboard Air Force One, where Mr. Biden said he reflected on why mass shootings rarely happen anywhere but the United States. Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone? 
Just last week, he visited a grieving community in Buffalo after 10 people were killed in a supermarket shooting in a mostly black community. Mr. Biden was vice president alongside President Obama when 20 elementary school children and six teachers were killed in the Sandy Hook massacre. In the decades since, America has experienced more than 3,500 mass shootings, but efforts to pass new gun legislation have repeatedly failed. Two House-passed bills that would expand background checks have stalled in the Senate, even though polls show more than 80% of Americans support them. Democratic Senator Chris Murphy, who represents the families of Sandy Hook victims, pleading with colleagues to find common ground on guns. What are we doing? Why are you here? But many Republicans, including Texas Senator Ted Cruz, say more support for law enforcement is needed, not new gun laws. You see Democrats and a lot of folks in the media whose immediate solution is to try to restrict uh, the constitutional rights of law-abiding citizens. That doesn't work. In a sign of how politicized the debate has become, last night at a victory party for Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker, supporters booing during the president's call for stricter reforms. What needs to be done. As the nation hopes the two sides will find some way to come together. Now, when the president visited Buffalo last week, he called on Congress to pass an assault weapons ban, a ban that was passed in 1994 but expired in 2004. Now, an outright ban on assault weapons has almost no chance of passing through Congress now. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is aiming to revive efforts, though, to pass two bills that would expand background checks, but even that step faces an incredibly uphill battle. Meanwhile, we should also mention, Craig, that today the president is going to mark another great milestone, the two-year anniversary of George Floyd's death. Of course, Floyd died at the hands of a Minneapolis police officer who knelt on his neck for an extended period of time. Craig. Our Chief White House Correspondent, Kristen Walker, for us this morning. Kristen, thank you so much. We are going to uh, switch gears here for a moment. Mr. Roker standing by for a first look at the forecast, including a forecast for our friends out west. That's right, Craig. It is going to be hot. Seven million people, high temperatures into the 90s and 100s. These are air temperatures, not feels like temperatures. From Bakersfield all the way up to Chico, look at some of these readings. San Jose, 19 degrees above average at 93. Fresno, 103. Bakersfield, almost 20 degrees warmer than average at 104, and Paso Robles, 89 degrees. We are looking at really warm temperatures all out west, with the exception of Seattle, with some showers and 67 degrees. Salt Lake City, 79. Vegas, 90. Los Angeles, not a bad night. A day, I should say, sunshine and 74. And NOAA issuing its 2022 hurricane outlook. Seven years in a row now, above average season expected, a 65 a chance of above normal conditions. 2022, 14 to 21 named storms, hurricanes 6 to 10, major hurricanes 3 to 6, and that pretty much compares with last year. And in fact, for the first time in a row, we've had two years in a row of running out of the alphabet. So well, we could be in for another active season. And that's your latest weather. Guys. All right, Al, thank, thank you. you. Uh, coming up, we're going to go back to Savannah Live in Uvalde with the growing tributes to the victims, including what we are learning about one of the hero teachers. She gave her life because she was protecting her students. Her cousin will join us for a live interview. Also have a major issue on the minds of many parents and school officials this morning. What can be done? What more can we do to improve safety measures and protect children in classrooms all across the country? We're gonna take a closer look at that part of the story as well. But first, this is today.
on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back at 730. It's a Wednesday morning, May the 25th, 2022, a day that finds the nation once again mourning after a mass shooting this time it's at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, and overnight Savannah made her way there. Hi, Savannah. Hi, good morning again. You, um, you know, unfortunately, we've in some ways become so numb to the experience of these mass shootings. But when you are talking about elementary school children gunned down in the final days of their school year, it hits everyone really hard. Um, and that is certainly the case here in this tiny, close-knit community of Uvalde, Texas. Coming up, we're going to talk with um, one of the cousins of the teachers who lost her life here. She was a fourth grade teacher and educator for 17 years. She was married. She had a daughter. She had a lot to live for. She was a teacher who was beloved here. And yesterday she lost her life doing what she loved. We're going to speak to her in just a minute, guys. Right. Thank you, a teacher who died mm -hmm. while yeah. trying to protect her students. Yeah. Uh, we'll get back to you in just a few moments, Savannah. First, let's get a check on some of the morning's other top stories. We're going to start with a couple of key races in last night's primary elections. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp easily defeating Donald Trump's hand-picked challenger David Perdue by a stunning 50 percentage points. Kemp is going to be facing Democrat Stacey Abrams this fall. Meanwhile, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffsenberger won the Republican primary in a bid to keep his job. He defeated three challengers, including Congressman Judy Heiss, who was also endorsed by Trump. The CDC this morning wants to calm the public fears over how the monkeypox virus is transmitted. The agency emphasizing that it does not spread easily through the air like COVID-19. Monkeypox is primarily spread through sustained physical contact, such as skin-to-skin -skin touch or someone with an active rash. The U.S. has confirmed one case in Massachusetts, and there are presumed cases in New York, Florida, Utah, and Washington State. And now to the latest on the nation's baby formula shortage. Abbott Nutrition says it plans to restart production at its Sturgis, Michigan facility on June 4th. That plant was shut down back in February amid a formula recall and safety concerns at the facility. Meanwhile, a second military plane carrying baby formula from Germany is scheduled to land in Washington later today. Well, we want to turn back now to the tragedy here at Robb Elementary School, where 21 people, 19 children and two teachers lost their lives when an 18-year-old gunman opened fire brutally inside the classrooms. And one of those teachers was Eva Morella. She taught the fourth grade. Her cousin, Amber Ibarra, is with us now. Amber, good morning to you. Thank you for being with us. We wish we could wrap our arms around you. We just sent you our deepest sympathies this morning. 
Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and being here to honor not just my family, but all the families that have been affected by this tragedy. Amber, how is the family doing? I know um, your cousin had a husband and a daughter. How are they holding up? I hope to talk to them more and to kind of see what I could do to support them. I know everyone is going through a lot. This is a very sudden and very traumatic and no one walked in to that school yesterday knowing that anything like this was possible. And so my heart and my prayers are going out to them. Eva had been a teacher and educator for 17 years and was very proud of that. She was teaching fourth grade. She often taught special ed, special needs. What kind of person was she? She was absolutely vivacious. Uh, she was definitely an adventurer. And, you know, it breaks my heart. I just saw her for Christmas this last December. And she was just, her, her cooking was amazing. Her laughter was contagious and she's going to be missed. And I just completely feel for everyone who lost a loved one yesterday. What did teaching mean to her? You know, I can't really speak for her, but I will say that she did love what she did at the school and she put her heart into everything that, that, she, that she did. There have been some reports that she was trying to protect the students at the moment that she lost her own life, um, which I'm sure does not surprise you. Does that sound like the woman you know? 100%. She is a hero. What about this town? Um, it's a small town. Um, I, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you went to elementary school here. Um, what is this what is this town like? Yes, I grew up there in Uvalde. Actually, I am going to Uvalde this morning to visit family. The house I grew up in is just a minute away from Rob Elementary and I did go there as a as a kid, so did my younger brother. And it is a tight-knit community. Everyone knows everybody. Um, my cousin Ruben is in law enforcement there, who's, um, who's Eva's husband. And yeah, everyone's just very close to one another. And I hope that we could support each other in this very tough time and see what we could do to rise up as a community and, and be there for one another because these families need it. They need it. Amber, thank you so much. Thank you for sharing your memories of Eva. We will remember her too, Eva Morales, fourth grade teacher, mother and wife. Our condolences to you and her family. Thank you. Hoda and Craig, it's just one of 21 stories, 21 special souls yeah. who lost their lives for no good reason. Yeah. And we are just really starting to count the toll as the sun comes up here. And as you were saying, there are people who lost their lives, and then there are people who witnessed it, who mm -hmm. will also be forever changed, and there are still children in the hospital. I mean, think about when your kid hears a thunderclap and how scared they get. Yep. And then imagine what some of these children witnessed yesterday, Savannah. I was just thinking about that. It's unspeakable, and in fact, you know, I was listening to an interview with uh, the survivor of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, and he said, 
at least we were in high school, we could put words to it. We had the vocabulary to express what we had been through. These are little kids. Mm -hmm. They have no context for this. They have no way to process this. Mm -hmm. And it's just, I think that's why this has just shaken so many people, certainly in this community and everyone who hears about it. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't take much to just imagine your little one, <laughs> the little hand you hold on to so tightly, what it would mean to you. Yeah. And I think that's why um, I hope that this really s sticks with people and, and they start considering what this means. Yeah. Yep. So thank you, Esther. Thank you so much. But you make a good point. Yeah. Even those who, who were lucky enough to survive, they'll yeah. never be the same. Yeah. Never. Never be the same. Never. All right, guys, coming up next, the outpouring of support now being offered to that community in Texas from families of survivors of other school shootings in America. But first, these messages. Listen up, true crime fans. It's a big murder trial underway. This Dateline is launching a new podcast with Andrea Canning. Welcome to Dateline True Crime Weekly. We'll cover breaking crime news around I the mean, country. It is the twists, the turns, the With craziness. the best reporters on the case, NBC News analysts, and Dateline producers on the ground. Break it down for us. Just You'll just get fresh insights and behind-the-scenes scoops from crime scenes to courtrooms. That is bizarre. Stay in the, the know and up yesterday. to date. So tell us what he said. It Follow Dateline True Crime Weekly to get new episodes starting Thursday. Wherever you get your podcasts. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops on. TVs streaming. Game console consoling. Smart thermostat set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera. Oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators, now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. We are back this morning with more of our ongoing coverage of the tragic shooting here at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, and tributes to the victims are growing this morning. That shooting is also renewing some important discussions about school security all across this country. NBC Stephanie Goss joins us with more on that part of the story. Steph, good morning to you. Good morning, Craig. After every school shooting, parents and school officials nationwide grapple with how to improve security and keep our kids safe. Many districts have beefed up security, added new technology, and run countless drills with kids, teachers, and police, all in an effort to prevent yet another tragedy like the one in Texas. This morning, the question on top of many parents' minds, are my children safe at school? There have been 27 school shootings this year alone, according to Education Week. The disturbing rise in violence leading a growing number of schools to incorporate extensive safety measures, all in an effort to avoid being the site of the next school shooting. Those measures include modern high-tech security systems, ranging from facial recognition to gun detection software. We really have to make every attempt to stay on the most cutting edge, if you will, of that technology. Back in 2019, we profiled a school in upstate New York employing this first-of-its-kind system. The technology immediately recognizes a gun pulled from its holster. If Officer Stover were a school shooter, this new high-tech security system would immediately call the police and then track his every movement by scanning both his face and the gun. Many school districts are also pursuing simpler solutions as well, from increasing armed guards to adding more metal detectors, and in some cases, even allowing teachers to carry guns. No particular place, especially schools, are 100% foolproof. 
We have to have people who are observing, paying attention, uh, people who ask questions, people who intervene, and people who notify the authorities if they think that something is not right. But with children and teachers still being murdered in classrooms, some parents are left wondering if the current security is enough. Andrew Pollack, whose daughter Meadow was killed in the 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High School, says many schools still haven't learned critical lessons. How hard could it be to have a single point of entry and armed uh, policemen or highly trained teachers at the school? It just angers me. This thing that have to happen today. Law enforcement tells NBC News the shooter, in addition to rifles, had body armor. The first officers on the scene were unable to stop him with handguns. Even if a school armed security, the fear is that it is not enough to stop someone armed like this 18-year-old was. Well, was with a, body armor. Yeah, and there was yeah. a stat I saw that surprised me that said 70%, 70% of school shootings happen when the gun person is 18 or younger, 18 years old or younger. So this is why this conversation is so important. It's important to talk about how to stop someone who's armed yeah. like that, but it is also important to talk about how not to arm someone like right, that. Right. And we need to, in this country, be able to have both of those conversations right. at the same time. Yeah. Unfortunately, it seems like a conversation we've been having ad nauseum for some time in this country. But too. maybe there's, there's, there's always have a break we, in uh, Have we been listening yeah. to both sides? Have they both yeah. been coming together in that conversation? That's what I'm not sure about. Yeah, Stephanie, All right, thank Stephanie, you. thank Thanks you. As, always, as the nation slowly comes to terms with what happened, we are seeing an outpouring of support and also outrage. Just take a look at this list, a list of the deadliest mass shootings in America. Among them, remember Las Vegas, remember Virginia Tech, remember Sandy Hook, and just yesterday, Uvalde. The list is long, nearly half of them in the last five years. NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer joins us now with more. Hey, Miguel, good morning. Hoda, good morning. There was immediate shock after the shooting in Texas, but sadly, not many Americans were necessarily surprised. School shootings have unfortunately and unfathomably become an all too common occurrence in this country. As police cruisers race toward gunfire and desperate parents wait behind crime tape, our nation watches yet another mass shooting unfold in America. The number of victims is always heartbreaking. This time, a campus packed with second through fourth graders in Texas. America again heartbroken and wondering where to turn. When are we going to do something? Golden State Warriors coach Steve Kerr last night channeling the outrage of a nation. I'm tired. I'm, I'm so tired of getting up here and offering condolences to, to the devastated families that are out there. I'm so tired of the, excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tired of the moments of silence. Enough. For people like Fred Guttenberg, who lost his daughter Jamie in the 2018 Parkland shooting that left 17 dead in Florida, it's a familiar feeling. Are we going to watch more kids die or are we going to do something? By one count, the U.S. has topped 300 school shootings since 2009, 57 times as many as all of the other major industrialized nations combined. At Virginia Tech, the deadliest school shooting in America, 32 people were killed on a college campus in 2007 in just a matter of minutes. 
Among the most gut-wrenching attacks, the 2012 mass shooting at Sandy Hook. 20 first graders and six educators lost their lives to a shooter in Newtown, Connecticut. It's like uh, my heart has been torn open all over again. Um, and everything I hear just is echoes of, of Sandy Hook again. Nicole Hockley lost her six-year-old son, Dylan, and is grieving again, this time with families she doesn't know. For the parents that have been told, I can't, I can't imagine what they're going through right now and the parents that are still waiting to find out. I mean, that is just um, an enduring agony. This morning, there will be another call for thoughts and prayers, and there will also likely soon be another preventable shooting. As with all of these devastating mass shootings, there's always a call for change in legislation. Often it's lawmakers saying more needs to be done, but to date, clearly not enough action has been taken. Hoda. Clearly. All right, Miguel, thank you. All right, it is 748. What do you say we get another check of the weather? Mr. Roker, yeah. what you got? All right, guys. Uh, nice day here in the east. We've got strong storms through the Great Lakes. Flood watches down through the Gulf. Uh, sunshine, unfortunately, record highs continue out west. And that's your latest weather, guys. All right, Al, thank you. Coming up next, a Today exclusive. We are very proud to share Jenna coming to us live from one of the Navy's most historic ships as we mark the return of New York's Fleet Week and we honor U.S. service members ahead of Memorial Day. But first, these messages. Well, we are back with a really special event, some three years in the making. Fleet Week, back in New York for the first time since the start of the pandemic. Yeah, Jenna's on board the USS Baton. Hey, Jenna. Hi, morning, guys. We have a really inspirational morning, and we are filled with gratitude for those that serve much more ahead as we join these servicemen later this morning.